What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast. Nope, that's not the right name. <clears throat> Can't believe that hasn't happened more than once. All right, take two. Three, two, one. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero, and with me, as always, on this Thursday is Levin Black. What's up, Levin? It's game day. Yeah, uh... Nice to be able to actually have something to watch. Hopefully 27 players don't sit again. I am uh, <laughs> glad you got gold standard correctly. You called it gold diggers on the first intro. And yes, I'm calling you out because last time I looked in the mirror, I'm not blonde and I don't have long hair and I don't look anything like Michelle. What color hair do you think that you have? <laughs> uh, I have what I would call salt and pepper hair. Mm, it looks blondish to me. I mean, there's some gray in there, but uh, it's very very dark brown to black depending on if it's summer or winter and uh quite a bit of gray in there all right well you called me out great job you human wet blanket levin black this gray is your fault i'm blaming you all the stress you you caused me i take full responsibility for that no doubt about it uh if you're new to this show this is where you get the hot takes mostly for me and the cold truth mostly from levin Please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We love all your reviews. You are helping us get our rating up on Apple Pods, and we greatly appreciate it. Let's get to a couple reviews, Levin. You called me out. Well, guess what? We've got somebody calling you out. This comes from at KL McCondre. Subject, and I'm not making this up. Michelle has bigger than Levin. Five stars. Thank you much. Love all the podcasts. Definitely look forward the most to Gold Diggers and oh, hey there. Levin has surprisingly thin skin for the debate with Michelle. I give Michelle the win by a thin margin, but Levin is so touchy. Let it go, man. The five-minute daily is excellent, much more focused and coherent than Grant Cohn's coverage, which is nice for us who don't have a lot of time. Uh, then little message for Michelle. Five bucks says Brandon Ioke will finish top 34 half PPR receivers. So, Mr. Thin Skin, what's your response to that? Okay. Cool. All right. What do you want me to say? I told you when we were debating that I thought a majority of people would end up siding with her because most people are going to look at the historical part. I just like that you got called out by a listener. You do have a thin skin. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily disagree. <laughs> I don't. Hmm. I think it, I guess I would say it depends on the situation. All right, let's get into it because it's game day. The Niners are playing tonight. They're getting the star treatment Levin on Amazon Prime. Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet, right? I assume they'll be doing the call since that's their squad. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm not the biggest fan of Kirk Herbstreet when he does Agreed. NFL. Uh, he, We'll see. Some of these guys that do NCAA for so long fall back on their college talking points, and they're just not relevant to the NFL. Like, show me that you know the NFL. You know what I mean? Don't start talking about, oh, I remember when this guy was in college. Like, he, he's 10 years in. I don't care. <laughs> right. And by the way, you can't do that with Trey Lance because nobody saw that dude play in college. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, Kyle I Shanahan... did. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. You're the one. You and like 15 other people. <laughs> um, Kyle Shanahan was on KMBR yesterday and had a bunch of things to say that pertain to this game. So, first, let's play some of that. 
Kyle, how long are we going to see the starters? I'd like them to get a couple drives. Um, you know, I just want them to go out, you know, have a little bit of the continuity of the offense. You know, they haven't played since the first game of the preseason. And yep. we're going to have after this, we have 17 days, I believe, something like that, till till they play again. So that's such a long time that I want them to go out there and just get in there a little bit. But I'm trying to get them out pretty fast. My goal is for them to stay healthy. And um, as long as they do that, I'll be happy. So a couple of drives, originally he had said first half at most. I think he's going to give him a little run, Levin, because of what you said last week and what he said there. If you don't, that's such a long time off between like real football action. Right. First, if they don't play, it would be first preseason game all the way to the regular season, and that would be almost an entire month break. That, that's not yeah. good. Uh, I, my guess is they play a quarter. But I do think it's going to depend a lot on what Houston is doing. If they're getting pressure and they're hitting Trey Lance, it's going to be not very long. Maybe one series even. If it's uh, they're drawing up blitzes that are complicated, again, not going to play long. And I, I do got to say, Lovey Smith made some comments this week that kind of raised my eyebrows. He was talking about how like they're amped up for this game and they're ready to go. Blah, blah. I'm like, preseason. He's talking like that. <laughs> he might be coming. Like he might might be bringing some blitzes and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it will depend. If things are going well, they'll probably play two to three series, which will be probably just about a quarter, if not the whole quarter. If things aren't going well, I wouldn't be surprised to see it go one. You know, if, if there's a sack where Trey Lance gets lit up, I, I know Shanahan. He's going to just, nope, don't need it. Well, and especially coming off last year, don't forget, it was the final preseason game last year where Lance hurt his finger. So, like, and Kyle has kind of talked about that, how, you know, the the uh, Guardian helmets have protected his quarterback's fingers a little bit. Like, he's still salty the fact that that changed the whole course of the season for the 49ers. So, I think he's going to be very aware that priority number one is to get Trey out of the lineup. Uh, but I, I want to see him get a little run, man, here. There was a different feeling going into that game last week than there was going into the first week of the preseason, right? Like, I, it's different when your guys aren't in there. And I kind of want to see, because we haven't really got a full picture, what this offense will look like. I want to see Lance with Kittle and Debo and Ayuk, because we still haven't unwrapped that present yet. Yeah, last week was basically the start of the game was like a normal preseason's game second half. You already all backups for the most part, but I would not be shocked at all. And I I would be willing to wager a bet that the offense comes out and tries to get Debo the ball because they need that chemistry. You know what I mean? They, they need Lance Debo kind of getting in a rhythm, getting a little bit of actual in-game reps. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle calls a player or two to make sure Debo gets the ball, run a wide receiver screen to him run a short slant, something that's highly likely that he's going to get the ball so that they can get a little bit of a connection prior to the season. Kyle also said something yesterday that I don't believe, and I know you haven't heard this yet, so I'm going to, I want your first plus reaction. Here's more Kyle Shanahan on KMBR. Preseason to me is like being at the driving range. It's, you can work at stuff, but yeah. I don't care whether it's good or whether it's bad. It mm -hmm. does not matter. It's all about learning right there, and it's going to matter when you get to that course. I don't buy that at all, Levin. It it doesn't count, but it does matter, right? Uh, it. I, I think what he's saying there, it, he didn't quite phrase it correctly. He's saying it doesn't count, and it doesn't matter in what the fans see. 
because they don't know all the little parameters of what the offense was doing. Sometimes in preseason, you're going to have a play that doesn't succeed, and it's because the coach called it and said, no matter what, go here with it. You know what I mean? Like, because they're trying something. They want to see something. And that context, none of us know. Only coaches know and only players know. And I think Kyle evaluates a heck of a lot more off that context than he does just looking at, you know, obviously a box score or anything like that. I agree. Process matters more than result in the preseason. But, like, you can't tell me that it doesn't matter at all that Trey Sermon has looked like twinkle toes in the preseason. Like, yeah, it matters. Now, granted, he's also kind of looked like that at practice at times. But, like, I still think, because Kyle himself said he likes to see what guys do under the lights during preseason games. And, look, Trey Sermon looks like he's on the bubble. Ambry Thomas, I mean, he hasn't played well, and now he's hurt, too. So that's another guy, like... These games do matter. So I I think that he's, I don't know. I don't totally buy into what he said there. I think by far the biggest thing that matters about preseason is confidence building, at least when you're talking starters. You know, what if Trey Lance went out and went one for five in the first preseason game instead of four for five? Would he have the same confidence or would he have, say, a, another pre- bad preseason game this game? Now he's going in the regular season kind of in the back of his mind going, you know, do I have problems? Whereas if he goes four for five again and has a long touchdown again, he's going into the season like, hell yeah, let's hit it. I I think confidence matters a heck of a lot with preseason for starters. Danny Gray has, has become for me like a guy. I like, I'm excited legitimately to watch Danny Gray tonight. Like he's such a threat. He's a big play when he gets the ball. And just to know that they're legitimately going to look for him down the field. Like, it's not like it was with Marquise Goodwin. It was like everybody knew Marquise Goodwin was fast, but I didn't really anticipate they were going to be chucking him a lot of throws. I think with Trey in there and Danny Gray, if he sees him matched up, Trey's like, screw it. I'm going to throw it to the fast guy, right? That's what he said. Like, I feel like that's a legit thing that's going to happen now. The Trey Lance-Danny Gray combo, I'm really excited for. Uh, I, I'm going to sit on the fence on that one. Stunner. Yeah, we're, we're going to see... Just how much that could be a training camp thing. You know, we know that Lance likes Ayuk. Is Gray going to be a big time decoy? I do think Gray will play a good bit, but is it going to be more of a I'm going to send him here to pull the defense that way and pull the safety that way so that Kittle and Ayuk and Debo can get the middle of the field at the intermediate level, 15, 20 yards down the field, completely wide open because Gray going down the sideline pulled the safety out of the middle of the field. I could see that being a big part of what Gray does, which would be highly valuable, but it's not going to be a big box score thing. You know, you're not going to see him getting a bunch of catches. We'll see. Uh, I could see him also being somebody that is actually stealing statistics from Ayuk and Debo, to put it in that way. And, you know, it's not really stealing, but you know what I mean. You know, I, I could see him getting 40, 50 catches where he's, taking all those deep routes that some of those would have been them and now they're gray because his speed is just a different thing i totally agree that he's going to open up the field for the other guys and i think that's going to be really his primary job especially early but i think by the middle and end of the year it's going to be debo one Ayuk two danny gray three i really do like i ray ray mcleod no like i think it's going to be danny gray three over Jawan jennings over everybody else yeah Jennings has not had, from what I've seen, the best of camps or preseason. He hasn't done anything to impress me. I haven't seen many headlines about him doing anything. Uh, 
I will say this. It's the first time in the Shanahan era that I would be really excited for a four or five wide receiver set. <laughs> and I think we're going to see Previously, those. if you went four wide receivers, one of those guys in there, I was going, well, he's not going to be worth anything. He's not going to do anything. That's a good point. You know, you go four deep and everybody's actually a threat to catch a pass, which has not always been the case in the Shanahan right. era for sure. I think you're going to see some four wide receiver sets too. I think they're going to open it up. I do see that too. And I think a four wide receiver set where McLeod is the fourth receiver instead of Jennings. So you have Gray, McLeod, you have uh, Ayuk and Debo. That's some freak athletes. That's a lot of speed on the field. A lot of really good route running that's going to be some corner out there is probably going to play it slightly off, and there's going to be an opportunity there. That's what I would be excited to see Shanahan change it up, and I do think Shanahan's going to be open to changing it up and getting all that speed out there because he has a quarterback that thrives in those situations. I heard, uh, Kyle, I can't remember. It might have been with the Albert Breer piece this week, and he talked about how his offense is so prevalent around the league now that, number one, a lot of teams are, you know, have devised ways to slow it down a little bit. But number two, a lot of teams are also practicing against it every day because so many teams run it. And I, Kyle was talking about how he sort of recognized that the offense had to evolve in some way because it's so ubiquitous throughout the rest of the league. Well, this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Opening it up a little bit more three and four wide receiver sets and Trey Lance running the ball is the new wrinkle for the offense. But I was really encouraged to, to hear Kyle say that because there's a lot of people that come into the league with a great offensive system. Chip Kelly came into the league and was kicking people's ass when he first started with the Eagles, but he never evolved. Defenses adapted and Chip Kelly never did anything new to keep defenses guessing. And so he just got stopped all the time. And that's exactly what happened. So Kyle recognizing that things have to get different with the offense, I was super encouraged by, and it sounds like that's what they're going to do this year. And hopefully we see a little of that tonight. Yeah, that's probably the Packers playoff game <laughs> talking there where nothing was going on as well as I guess the Rams, you know, the offense wasn't very good in that game either. In the playoffs, it wasn't good. Uh, Dallas, I think they kind of, I know the defense played a big role in that, but I also think they kind of played it safe some towards the end because they were up. But I do think uh, another new wrinkle will be the trap game. They'll have some trap runs. We've seen that in preseason. That's different. We're going to see a little bit more of a power run inside type run instead of just the outside zone. And I do think there's something to be said that not only is his offense prevalent throughout the league, but he has been with this team pretty much with a similar setup for enough years that there's been enough times that he's countered people that they're getting a pretty good idea of Kyle Shanahan. You know what I mean? He's still going to be the magician and, and get one over on them. But I think there is a little bit more to say that your typical plays teams are able to recognize him a little bit better because he's been around longer. And that is what happens. The longer you're around, the more film that exists of what you do when you're faced, you know, when the defense does this, Kyle likes to do that. There's enough film out there, so Kyle has to change up his own uh, tactics and kind of change up his own what he falls into and what he's comfortable with. He has to break outside of that. Everybody has tendencies. It's We're all human. We all have tendencies, and the other side is doing nothing but studying exactly those. So unless you can offer something new, you're going to have a tough time eventually at some point. Um, the other thing that Kyle said on KMBR yesterday that 
I did not like, to be honest, was about the offensive line. Here's Kyle's thoughts on the middle part of the offensive line. Still not settled yet. We'll see how this game ends up, how these next 17 days go, and um, hopefully we'll get Mike back, and um, hopefully Jalen Moore will be healthy, and I'm hoping that we'll have a group of nine guys that um, we know are going to have to help us throughout the year. Um, but it's definitely nice having Trent there over on the left side. It's still not settled yet? This is the final preseason game, and then we're going to week one. If you're still not sure, that means you don't have guys that are that good. Like you're just kind of choosing between what's left, essentially. In my family, we call it the scartines. You're choosing, there's no good options there. You're kind of choosing the best of bad options. You're making one critical mistake here. You're taking Shanahan at his word. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, uh, let's call it what it is. He lies all the time. Uh, to me, that's more of a message that he doesn't want to say, oh, yeah, we're locked in because then he's got two young guys and, uh, uh, Buford and uh, uh, Banks, God, couldn't think of his name, uh, that could kind of relax and pull back a little bit in these 17 days. It's a long break. You don't want guys relaxing. You want them still trying to earn a job. So I, I don't know if I completely believe that. I think the center position could be up for grabs because my guess is, is he prefers Brunskill there, but Brunskill got hurt. Brunskill. Like, look, Jake, uh, Jake. Brunskill was an AAF offensive lineman. Like <laughs> AAF, like the rejects of the rejects of the rejects in the NFL. Like you can't find somebody than Daniel Brunskill. Like, come on. They should have got rid of this guy. The fact that he's the best that they could offer at right guard, that's pathetic. Like he should be at the bottom of the depth chart. Spencer Burford should be able to start over him because he's not that good. He's not that good. So I hope that you know, Brunskill just becomes a backup player and Burford can take that job at right guard. At left guard, you know, they kind of just handed it to Aaron Banks, but Jason Poe's been splitting reps with him with the ones the past two days in practice. I thought that was interesting. It is interesting. I think Poe's probably going to have a role with the offense, but it's going to be more of a kind of a specialty role. Um, you know, I could see him maybe in goal line coming in. Things like that, short yardage. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be polished enough consistently to take that starting gig. You know, pass protection. What is he in pass protection? You know, probably not very good because that's not what he excels at. Is what he's going to excel at is the fact that he's an athletic freak and has a very physical style. So in the run game, when he's pulling, we saw it in the last preseason game. Good luck. You know, if you're the guy that's trying to get through him <laughs> to the running back, you know, and so I could see him being kind of like a specialist kind of role where he comes in in certain situations when they're needing to do, uh, you know, get one yard or two yards. But I do think Banks is going to end up starting there. And I'm not as worried about Banks as I am that center position. You know, I, I would put it this way. You're going to move Jimmy Garoppolo and get him off this roster because you're going to need that money next offseason sign a center <laughs> like or I, I see somebody. that is like the big free agent acquisition this next offseason it's going to be offensive line could be a tackle depending on McGlinchey. I agree that they're going to make an investment there and that could have an effect on something we see later down the line that we'll actually talk about later in the show that involves George Kittle um, but Kyle Posey had a good point with Jason Poe he you know he said there's 
clips going around on Twitter where he looks really good and that's cool. But there's other clips that aren't going around where he literally gets manhandled. And it's not because he has necessarily poor technique, but he's so much smaller than some of the guys that he's playing against that they just get up on him. They get on top of him, and there's not really anything he can do because he's not growing. He's six feet, you know, maybe six one. So we don't see those plays as much. So I think maybe our feeling on Jason Poe is different from the reality. Uh, I'd like to see him at least on the roster, you know, maybe not as a starter, but you know, as a guy that could fill in for a few games here and there if necessary. And then I do think that there is some sort of package that you could do with him as a fullback in the backfield in some way where he can add some value to the team, short yardage, hell, even as a decoy, maybe necessarily like whatever. I feel like he is a unique player. He has interesting skills. And if you're Kyle Shanahan and you're this offensive, you know, guru, you should be able to make that work. You know how excited I would be, how much my eyebrows would peak if I hear Jason Poe is reported as eligible. Right. Oh. <laughs> or like yeah, imagine like you have Kittle, Poe, and Trent Williams in the game, right? You have Poe in as the fullback. Then you have Trent Williams like go in motion like he did in some of the other games. And then you have Kittle. Trent Williams, who's coming in motion, and then Poe is the fullback, and you run to that side. Like, holy sh! The exact scenario I talked about on the instant reacts. Yes. I think that would be impossible to stop the team from gaining one yard. Like, you're not, you're not stopping them from getting a short yardage. When you have Trent Williams coming in at full speed, blowing up <laughs> anybody in the hole, and then if anybody feels it, here comes Poe at full speed, blowing up that guy. Uh I, I want to see that in short yarded situations. And I even mentioned like I could see a situation where you like you're in shotgun and you do that and you run a direct snap to Lance so that he's even quicker at getting to the line because he doesn't have to hand the ball off. So in that short yarded situation, like how are you going to stop that? You got a really big quarterback who's capable of kind of moving the pile like a Cam Newton who has speed and you got two of the biggest, most physical guys clearing the hole prior to him getting there. But while we're on Poe, I do want to say, do we have a nickname for him yet? Because if we don't, he's got it. Every time I hear the name Poe and I think of a short, let's call it pudgy guy, I think of Panda. Oh, from yeah. Kung Fu Panda. Like, I, I feel like that fits because he is kind of like that underrated guy that nobody saw coming. He's an undrafted free agent and he might end up being, you know, an integral part of the team. I like that. Or I was thinking like Edgar Allan Poe, like the bell tolls for thee. Some sort yeah, of like some phrase not, that you, you could come up with. You can't do an Edgar Allan Poe thing when there's literally a team in the NFL named after one of his poems. Yeah. Okay. But like, they're not doing anything with it. <laughs> come on. You're right. There's got to be some sort of nickname for him. Uh, maybe we, uh, if you've gotten a suggestion, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Stats on Fire, Levin's at LT Black Niners, or you can leave it in your review on Apple Pods. We'd appreciate that as well. Uh, but I agree with you there. Like, come on, we we could do something. The other thing you could do with that play that we're kind of talking about, and the defense has to respect it, is you have Lance act like he's going to run a bootleg, like he's going to keep the ball, do a play-action fake to the running back in that formation, and then roll out with the ball. You could do that. Then the defense has to I mean, respect you, you it. You could do one, a naked boot like more of a, like a naked boot where he goes the opposite direction. And right. all of that Trent Williams motion That's what I mean. was, was just a decoy. Um, 
But you could also have somebody like, uh, say, Debo lined up more of like in the slot and at the snap, he takes off on not even a slant, but, you know, just the short route going right across the middle where all the defense pulls to the, let's say, the left or the I guess it would be the right if Williams right, is in yeah. motion. So all the defense pulls to the right and here's Debo leaking out to the left. And you have Lance doing a naked boot where he has the option, either run it or hit Debo coming across. And then you have the other guy say, IU running a post. So he's going deep. So you got two options for receiving and the option to run. Like, what do you do as a defense there? You don't you don't know if they're going to run it. And if they run it and you don't commit completely to getting to that side, it might be a touchdown because they got so many guys going that way. But at the same time, if you forget about the guys coming across or you have the safeties cheat down, one of those guys is probably going to win their matchup and going to have the chance at a long play. That's what I love so much about what this offense could be this year. You could be in a situation where not every time, obviously, because nobody's that good, but most times or a lot of times during a game, you put the defense into a situation where no matter what they do, they're wrong, right? That play you just described, you come, you collapse down on Trey Lance. Maybe he throws it deep or he can throw it to Kittle. If you stay back with those wide receivers, Lance can keep it himself and pick up yards on the ground. Like, there's going to be so many times where we put the defense in a bind this year because there's just not going to be able to cover everything. And and that's why it's so exciting. Yeah. Is that a uh, regular season yet? We're so close. <laughs> We're so close. Although I, I have to tell you, you know me, like I have a little agita with this game. Like I just want to get through it. You know, I want, can we fast forward to the press conference where Kyle Shanahan says, all right, I got no injuries for you. Go ahead. You know, like even if Trey Lance looks horrible, just get him out healthy. Uh, yes, please. Like, I, I'm knocking on wood. Well, you know what? I'm not going to say it because then I'll get blamed. <laughs> <laughs> so, never mind knocking on wood. I'll keep that one to myself. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, George Kittle said something to Mike Silver that I thought was pretty interesting, and we could see potentially down the road something that could impact his future with the club. Back here on the Gold Standard Podcast. I have to hand it to Mike Silver 11 because he's been on the 49ers beat for like two weeks and he's come out with two stories and they're already more interesting than anything. The rest of the people on the Niners beat have come out with in the past five years. He talked with George Kittle and they talked about his contract and potentially if it could get restructured because as Silver points out, he's missed 11 of 33 games since signing the big deal. And Kittle said, quote, I'm not really concerned with it at all. I could give two shits, honestly. If there comes a day when they feel like that, it is what it is, and it's a business. I know there's a right way and a wrong way to play football, and I'm going to play it the way I think it is right. You're never going to be able to question my intent nor my effort on the tape. That, to me, is kind of like, I feel like George got a little defensive there, and he heard restructure, and he thought pay cut. And that those are not the same thing. A restructure changes how you get your money and when you get your money, but it doesn't reduce your money. It just reduces the cap hit. To me, it sounded like George was thinking more pay cut. And obviously he didn't like that idea because who would? I mean, in, in his situation, a restructure would basically be meaning take his uh, salary for that year and turn it into a signing bonus, which breaks up that year's salary cap hit over the remainder of the contract so say if they do it with two years remaining you could kind of split it 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 really depends on everybody's specific contract on whether or not that's a benefit for the team but what it does mean if they do that 
with a player is that they're expecting that player to finish out that contract. So it's not really a bad thing for the player. It's just something that could help the team. But, I mean, to me, George Kittle seems like the guy that has kind of like a tunnel vision way of being a professional athlete. He is just worried about completely putting the blinders on and only worrying about what he is doing in practice and what he's going to do on the field. He's not going to worry about the money. He's not going to worry about whether or not he could get released or traded or any of that. He just wants to solely zero in and focus on being a player and let the agents handle everything else. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's one of those players that tell the agents, don't talk to me, don't tell me about any of this stuff. When it comes time to sign something, I'll show up and sign it. That's the only time I want contacted about any of this business side stuff. The other thing he said essentially was that he's not going to change his play style, that he's going to go out of, he talked about, you know, maybe if there's two guys in front of you and if there's no yards to be gained, that's different. But if there's one guy, basically he's like, I'm never going out of bounds. (laughs) If there's just one guy, I'm just going to try and truck him. And you and I, I feel like have been out ahead of this kind of like, look, peak George Kittle is not going to be around for much longer. And you have to consider his play style when you're talking about his long-term future with the team. I mean, he's as valuable as he is because of that play style, so you can't change it. He's just the type of person who has a play style that you're not wanting to give a third contract. That's that's what it is. You're not going to want to be the person who's paying him into his 30s because he will likely break down. It's possible he won't, but players that play that crazy physical typically have very long injury histories in their 30s and you don't want to be paying a tight end big money to not be on the field you know that that that's about as bad as you can get in terms of salary cap problems if you're paying a tight end big money and they can't even hit the field kiddo's cap hit this year in case you're wondering is like seven, seven and a half million, give or it take. It escalates next year, if I'm not yes. mistaken. I think it jumps to like 15, 16 million, something like that. 18, 11. Jumps up yeah. to 18 million. And then it's 20 million for 2024. These are all, you know, roughly give or take. And then 2025 is 17 and a half million. So like it is jumping up. Now, again, they could restructure that in the future to change all that. But like this is when the big Kittle numbers are going to kick in after this year. So I thought, Mike Silver, I totally understand why Silver brought it up. Yeah, and it's Silver actually being a journalist. Hey, imagine that. Being a beat reporter doesn't mean you just rehash what you saw on the field and rehash uh, public announcements that the team hands you. You know what I mean? Team sends out a press release. You don't just reword it in your own words and, hey, that's my job. No, there's asking important questions, trying to get uh, details that you can't get from what you're seeing on the field, uh, and digging. You know, you have to be willing to ruffle some feathers to do that job uh, absolutely the best way you can. And there's pretty much nobody that's willing to do that in the 49ers press corps. Grant Cohn is obviously willing to do that. If we're being honest, Grant Cohn goes too far with it, and we all know that, to where he kind of is purposely kind of being uh, smart Alex, smart ass, whatever you want to call it, to try to get a reaction. Purposely says some controversial things just to get reactions and clicks. And to me, you got one guy that's way on one side of the spectrum, and then you got 
20 other people that all they do is rehash what the team tells them. They don't find anything on their own. They don't dig. They don't get in-depth with anything. Even when some of the player profiles are happening, are they saying anything groundbreaking? No, they're asking cupcake questions to them. Some uh, of the player profiles, like the Colton McKivitz. What? Colton McKivitz stinks. We've seen him yeah. play. Stop trying to sell me Colton McKivitz because he sat down with you for a half hour. So, yeah, Silver is probably going to be uh, – I mean, I've had my issues with some of his reporting in the past, but he'll probably very quickly become my favorite person covering the Niners because he will actually toe that line of, I'm not your friend, I'm not out to get you, but if I find out something that you don't want publicized, too bad. I saw this quote about journalism the other day on Twitter, and I actually thought of you. Oh, yeah, I know. You're in my head. <laughs> if someone says it's journalism 101, if someone says it's raining and another person says it's dry, it's not your job to quote them both. Your job is to look out the window and find out which is true. I think too often the 49ers hear it's dry outside. OK, we'll write that it's dry. They don't even look out the window. And the rest of us content creators that are sitting here being like, well, wait a minute. Hold on. It's pretty wet out there. I think I hear some rain. Maybe we should go check this out. That's the biggest difference I see between what we do and what happens a lot of times with the 49ers press corps. Uh, I, I would tweak that in one way. It's not your job to look out and say what it actually is, because your job is to not inject your, yourself and your opinions into what you're writing. Your job is to contact other sources and figure out what the truth is by backing it up through a variety of sources. And if one of them is just flat out lying, those other sources will back that up and you can prove through, well, this person says it's raining and this person says it's raining and this person says it's wet. And thus the reader will be able to infer, yep, this guy that said it was dry was just lying his ass off. It's not your job to inject yourself into it. No, well, you're not supposed to inject your opinion, but I think you're allowed to look out the window and say, it is in fact not raining or it is in fact rain like with objective stuff like that i think it's okay but the point is none nobody else on the niners beat is willing to actually just maybe not take people at their yeah. word like you said grant kind of does but grant does it to serve himself frankly more than he does it to serve the reader he does it to stir up controversy to he get does it a with a smirk on his face yeah and goes to goes far enough to where it does kind of feel like he's out to get somebody. And look, this isn't anything we haven't said to Grant's face. We've had him on the show. We've talked about this before. So I don't, you know, we're not speaking out of turn here. I got um, no problem saying Grant is extremely talented. He is much better than I, I could not do that role because <laughs> I'm not good at thinking up controversial things that I don't necessarily believe myself just because I know they will get a reaction. And he's very, very good at it. Did you see him wear the cone head? No, I did not. <laughs> it was outstanding good work grant um i so will anyway. say he's had, he's had some good tweets the last few days some tweets that bring up put things that we all know in in a way that we hadn't thought it and it's just like the perfect way to sum it up like he had one about jimmy garoppolo and summing up that and uh he, he's done very well with that in the last couple of days what was the now i want to see the jimmy garoppolo one he summarized basically something about like why you wouldn't have Jimmy as the backup. It was from probably three or four days ago. So good luck because he probably sends out like 20 tweets a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He has like a uh, 
a, a film breakdown of Trey Lance's delivery with like throwing advice. Like, all right, I, we don't need to hear Grant Cohn's throwing advice. <laughs> but no, I think that's part of a beat writer's job. Also, though, you you need to put things in perspective. You need that context. And we don't always get it. Hopefully we will with Silver there. He'll add a little more. We try to provide it here on this show and here at Niners Nation. And uh, look, if, if they're not going to, we will. That's for damn sure. Yeah. So I, I got the tweet. Uh, it was actually from less than 24 hours ago. Uh, but he said, you need a top 10 quarterback to have a legitimate Super Bowl window. Jimmy Garoppolo is not and never will be a top 10 quarterback. Trey Lance might become one when he gains experience. That's why he's the starter. It's not that complicated. And it's like, right. yep. That's, that's what we've been saying. <laughs> that's the exact situation. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't a, a terrible quarterback. He's just not quite good enough. And you need somebody that is either elite or very close to it to win a Super Bowl. And so if you don't have that, you need to move on. And the sooner you move on, the sooner you have a chance at actually winning a Super Bowl again. So we're going to see our new quarterback tonight on Amazon Prime, 49ers. Houston Texans, it's going to be a ton of fun. And remember, after the game, we will be with you live on the Niners Nation YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter page, and my Twitch page, although as we record, the Twitch is down, so I don't know if, if they'll have it back up by then. But shout out to the literally the one person that watched the show on my Twitch page last week. I appreciate you. Giving a shout uh, out but, to your wife? No, it wasn't her, trust me. <laughs> you couldn't pay her money to watch anything I do about football. <laughs> but uh, please, please, please join. Thousands of you have joined us. It has been awesome. It's one of my favorite shows to do because it's so interactive and we get to talk with you. So once again, we will be there for the final preseason game of the year. Levin, are you going to be joining us on that show? Only in comments. All right, it'll be a good show then. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Stats on Fire. Levin's on Twitter at LT Black Niners. Hit us up. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you after it's over.